Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Tampa Bay Lightning are enjoying their bye week, and three of their players, of course, are headed to the All-Star Game in San Jose later this week. And what are some of the other players doing on their big break? And what's behind Nikita Kucherov's record-setting season so far? How many games will we see Andre Vasilevsky play down the stretch, or will we see some more of Louis Domingue to make sure that uh, Vasilevsky is rested for the playoffs? We'll break all of that down with Diana Neros, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? That's right. I've done this. It's a tremendous uh bonding situation for your family you're going to love it if so seven days a week you can experience the wonder and magical charm with captain mike's swimming with the manatees in crystal river ask about their 30 dollars manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and u.s military requires the purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price and with that you're eligible for a free tour captain mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company at Kings Bay in Crystal River. I'm telling you, it's pure paradise up there. The water's always 72 degrees. This is a great time of year to go. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, their bicycle rentals, and so much more. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-571-1888. Diana Neros covers the lighting for the Tampa Bay Times, and she's our all-star, headed to the all-star festivities later this week on her bye week right now, and she's kind enough to join us. Just, just give me an idea of sort of like where we're at in in, in the season. I, I read with interest. Uh, of course, we have, you know, the Lightning have three of their players headed to the All Star Game with with Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Andre Vasilevsky. But uh, for the other players, this is this is a much much needed rest. And I guess they kind of scatter and, and and do their own thing, right? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. Mary Fayol. Fayello, our uh, new intern, is actually going to have a piece in the paper, I think tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. on what some of them are doing. It was kind of fun to hear a trip to Bahamas. Um, JT Miller is going to go to the cabin in the woods with some of his friends with no cell service. <laughs> and then the latter part of his break is his wife's choice of a trip on the beach. So uh, a little his and hers there for uh, JT Miller. But yeah, we... Uh, Mary, our new intern, talked to a bunch of players about all of their plans to just kind of get a feel for what he, what do they do with their time off, and uh, she came up with some interesting answers there. Right, and and for those guys, I mean, obviously, I mean, they're used to the All Star routine. I mean, this is not Stamkos's first All Star game, but um, it is on the West Coast, so so there's there's a little less rest for them. Uh, is that just part of the business? They know how to navigate that, even though they're not going to have as much time off. Yeah, I think it mostly is part of the business. For Stamkos in particular, he is using the bye week before the All-Star break and going out a few days early and just kind of settling in that way. Um, It's a weird setup in that um, the Lightning and I 
and others who cover the Lightning have uh, <laughs> been back and forth to the West Coast like every two weeks, if uh, mm. just about. So it's been a weird schedule right now. And uh, so Stamco said he wanted to go out early, kind of settle in. I don't believe Kucherov, Vasilevsky, or John Cooper, who is coaching, coaching the athletic division team, I don't believe any of them are going out early. Uh, but that was how Stamkos decided to handle it. Uh, I think uh, all of us will be happy to uh, not go back to the West Coast in two weeks. Oh, but man. they are pretty enthusiastic about playing in the All-Star game, even though they do have to give up some of that time off. Yeah, and the time change, of course, getting used to that. There was an interesting column by John Romano uh, uh, in the Tampa Bay Times sort of pointing out that you know, over the over the last few years, the team that's had the most points at the All-Star break, it, it's difficult for them to make the Stanley Cup final. Now, you know, we know that the Lightning, you know, last year lost in the Eastern Conference final. But what is that? Is that a real thing or is that is that just a, a, a coincidence or is there something to trying to maintain that level that they have? I mean, they're sitting here right now at what, 37, 10 and two uh, with 76 points, which is I don't know that you can play any better than that. Is it realistic to think they can continue that on through the playoffs? Well, there are a couple of things that play there. So not having the team that leads at the all-star break doesn't typically get to the finals. The same is true of the team that leads at the end of the regular season and winning the president's cup does not typically right. win the Stanley cup, which just kind of goes to show how the playoffs are different. Um, you know, it's true in most every sport, uh, it's what makes March Madness fun, right? Very rarely do you have four one seeds in the final four. It happens, but not sure. typically. So it's just, you know, the playoffs are just different in every sense. I do think this team is a little different than most. This team, first of all, the only, I believe it's three teams in NHL history have finished the season with more than 125 points. The Lightning are on pace to do that. Personally, with the Lightning and with Makita Kucherov, for that matter, I keep kind of waiting for the, you know, hey, they can't sustain this, which is what we all say about any team in any sport on some kind of crazy run. Hey, they can't sustain this. They're going to catch up at some point, and they don't. They have only lost consecutive games twice. They've lost two of three, three or four times on the season. Like, those are crazy things, and they just keep, finding ways they keep bouncing back. So every time I say, I don't know if they can keep this up, they do. So I'm not really willing to sit here and say that I don't know if they can do it in the playoffs because they keep doing right. it now. So obviously yeah. things will change a little bit. Things are always different in the playoffs, but I don't know. This team just has some kind of fairy godmother. Uh, it's not really <laughs> true. They're actually <laughs> they're doing things to, to earn it, but it's just kind of crazy the way you, you expect something to trip up at some point and it just hasn't you know i i saw they've they've had such such good runs i mean long sustained runs you mentioned they don't lose two in a row uh at all um really but john torella was was quote he you know his columbus team a year ago went on a, a a similar mini run if you will 15 16 games and he said something interesting about how you know even though they didn't play perfect he didn't really want to make a lot of corrections because the object is to win and so when you're on a roll you sort of roll with that how has John Cooper sort of managed? Because, you know, there are, there are times when you look at, at the Lightning and, you know, whether it's falling behind very often or maybe not holding on to an early lead, you know, there were parts of their game that wasn't always perfect. But how has he managed to sort of 
allow them to to stay on this role while, while trying to improve and correct some of those mistakes? Well, part of it is the balance is in not over-practicing. They don't have a lot of practice opportunity. Uh, and mm-hmm. when they do, they'll go hard for a short period of time and they'll focus in on something specific. They, uh, he has not been willing to say, you know, hey, a win's a win. He keeps pointing out that it's about how they're winning, that there are some that they win that they maybe didn't deserve to. Uh, he's a big one on feeling like you deserved the win. Um, and there are some games, the recent Toronto loss was a game that he felt they played well enough to deserve a better fate is his term. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of those where both teams kind of could lay claim to that win. Neither one outplayed the other drastically. Uh, so he'll, he'll make corrections for sure, but he kind of doesn't make too many corrections at once, I guess would be how I'd put it that, you know, look at something that's not right and fix that thing, not look at everything that's not right and fix everything at once. It seems to be the balance there that for the most part seems to be working. And a veteran team, I mean, I would suspect, obviously, they have a really solid core. they got young players, too, contributing, we'll talk about in a minute. But they're sort of self-correcting themselves. I mean, I think probably without Cooper even saying anything, they, i got to imagine they know what what they need to get better at, right? Yeah, definitely. This is a team with mm, Cooper went to list the leaders and just trailed off at some point <laughs> because he had listed so many. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you look at the – the Buffalo game, he specifically said he did not address his team after that first really bad period and just left it to them to deal with, and they did because they have leaders who yeah. know how to deal with it. They have, I mean, obviously Stamkos is the captain here, but they have a couple former Rangers captains. Uh, we all know that Rangers-Lightning connection. Um, mm-hmm. They have three or four players in that room who have been captains on a team, and whether or not you put a lot of stock in captains, some people don't see a lot of a big deal there, but these are guys who do have those strong leadership and will stand up in a room and say, hey, that first period was got awful. We need to do something differently. And, you know, that was one thing that Cooper said after that game is he thinks that now this team, you know, the core has been together for a little while and, recent additions even you look at you know mcdonough coming in last year now he's been here for you know had a good chunk of time to feel more comfortable standing up and being like guys we need to do something or you know whoever it is but that he thinks one of the positives of this team having been together and one of the things that feels different between this year's team and last year's team which looked the same in the standings but looks very different on the ice is that there are more guys who are confident enough to stand up and say, we need to do something. And they'll all kind of rally to that. So there's not infighting in the room, but there are guys who can stand up to each other and be like, that wasn't enough. Yeah. And the, the best teams are led, led that way. Let's talk about some of the all-stars. Uh, of course, we mentioned the ones that are going, but start with Nikita Kucherov, who's just, as good as he's been, he's sort of on a on a even better record-setting season. Um, what's I mean, as you watch him play, what areas is he is he better? Uh, is it because of um, of his skill or who he's playing with, or is he just you know that the team is improving around him? All of the above, really. 
the thing yeah. about Nikita Kucherov that is amazing is he sees ahead of the play. And yeah, you mm. say that about players and you talk about players, hockey IQ, and I kind of hate that phrase personally, but with Nikita Kucherov, it seems kind of fair. He mm. just can see multiple steps ahead. He's one of those that every once in a while seems to not be in the play. And it's just because the play hasn't caught up to him. And then all of a sudden it does. And you're like, Oh, that's why he was over there. You know, he just, he sees how things are going to develop, not just how they are developing. And one thing that stands out is, I wish I could remember who said it right now. It was one of Connor McDavid's line mates who said that he, the difficult thing of playing with McDavid is that because he sees ahead, you don't always see what he's seeing. And mm. Kucherov can be that way, but he's also really good at setting up his teammates that way, you know, setting them up for what's coming, sure. whether or not they see exactly what it is. Uh, then there's also the fact that Point is playing better um, this year than he did last year, and he was a great player last year. Part of that is playing with Kucherov, but part of it's also that the two of them are feeding off each other at this point. Then you add Johnson's speed until he just got hurt, but he's really been the other one on that line. And they all can, you know, keep up with each other and be ahead of, typically ahead of the opponents. It's, you know, a lot to be able to do that so consistently as they do. And it starts with Kucherov, really. He's seeing stuff and setting up teammates in a way that uh, is just really hard for a defense to keep up with and know kind of what's going to come next. It's been, again, he's somebody who I keep saying, you know, hey, he can't stay on this this pace, can he? I mean, Mm -hmm. he's on pace. You know, you think of a 100-point season being a good season, and he's way above that at this point. Just like, yeah, sure, this is – can't – can't be real, right? He can't he can't finish this way, and he keeps doing it. So maybe he can. Yeah, and Brayden Point is a benefit of that, and off to a, a great start himself. Steven Stamkos, you know, for years, I mean, we've seen him score, you know, sixty goals before, and and he is still a, a lethal uh, shooter. And yet, um, it, it looks like he also has become maybe even more of a playmaker than than a shooter, right, Diana? So I would say last year he was becoming more of a playmaker, and this year he's kind of achieved more a balance a between them. Okay. Um, you know, maybe he needed last year or the past few years uh, on that playmaking side, and mm-hmm. now partially because he's playing on the power play with Kucherov that uh, you're seeing kind of both of those sides and a lot of goal scoring. He's almost even in goals and assists, which is – pretty rare amongst high point players. And part of that again is on the uh, power play with Kucherov, Kucherov setting him up quite frequently. Uh, But yeah, he's also, he's seeing teammates in a way that especially early on in his career, he wasn't. So it wasn't something you really associated with Stamkos with Stamkos, the playmaker, but, uh, and Kucherov, um, he said that, Part of that comes from last year. He got a little hot early, is how he put it. I think uh, those who are not Kucherov saying things about themselves would put it that he got a lot hot early. (laughs) And so Stamkos was setting him up, whereas this year 
there isn't quite so that one way dynamic. Um, there's a little more to it than that, but he's not wrong for sure. And I just think there's something Stamkos looks like the way we've always talked about Stamkos this year. Yeah. That sounds like a weird statement, but you know, he's showing his instincts as a goal scorer. He had, you know, the hat trick and then the multi-point game the day after that. I forget what he totaled in points, but you know, it just was like, Hey, look at all these goals I can score just repeatedly. He keeps scoring the same goal from the left dot where he's almost like falling to the ice as he takes the shot because an on-target pass for Steven Samkos is a lot bigger zone than an on-target pass for almost any other player in the NHL. Like, your pass is a little bit off, a couple... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like, what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A little bit ahead of him, he'll adjust, he'll get there, and he can put out, take out a good shot on net even when he's off balance adjusting to a pass that wasn't perfect. And so he makes passes look a lot better. Uh, so he's kind of just doing it all right now. And it's just fun to watch, quite frankly. Yeah, and I, I would think, and I don't know this to be true, maybe you would, but I would think that he's a, a, a year further down the road from a, what was a lot of injuries I think he played with um, and was yes. recovering from. Yes, that's one thing that uh, he said he's been healthy for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been adjusting to the new normal off the ice. Yeah. It's uh, the fact that he has more knee pain. Just some mm-hmm. days he gets up in the morning and it hurts to walk down the stairs. And how adjusting to that off the ice in A, just regular life, and B, his recovery and you know warm-up process has allowed him to adjust to the, the difference in his in his joints, you know, joints don't really ever go back to what they were after an injury and after surgery. So that's been a big thing for him to the point that it's now bothering him the least that it has since the surgery. It's a great point. How to, how to get your body back between games and, and, uh, and, and adjust to, like you said, his, his new normal. Um, one of the things this team, uh, in addition, uh, you know, there's a lot of descriptions, but but unselfish would be one because now they're in a situation, and I know this is in part just a good idea because rest is, is going to be valuable as they get into the postseason, but they've got a, a lot of defensemen and they've gone about uh, a rotation there where, where they are sitting one, um, you know, each night, and eventually they'll have to settle on, on the top six. Um so first of all, what what do you make of uh, of the players' willingness to uh, to adjust and, and and do that, and then and then as they as they get further down the road, sometimes injuries take care of this problem as it is. But but who do you think they'll settle on? Um, you know, among Girardi or Coburn or Cernak or Sergachev. Well, injuries have taken care of it on the forward side. The forwards started a rotation and then. Johnson right. got hurt, and so they didn't need to do it this last game. You know, it's interesting because they are close to being in the same situation uh, 
with forwards and defensemen. Um, I think the willingness to buy in is mostly just a realistic view of this team. I mean, you can't be on this team and look around and be like, yeah, we, you know, I don't, I shouldn't sit. I shouldn't, you know, whatever. If you take that approach, kind of just not being realistic looking at this team and the players it has, uh, they both Cooper and assistant coach Derek Lalonde said they wanted to take a look at that over the course of this bye week and doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go to six after the break, but that they were going to use this time to kind of be, be critical about how they were approaching that rotation. I don't really know who they're going to go with. Um, part of the problem in that decision is that they each have a strength. There's no weak piece. It's just a matter of where you end up balancing it out and what pairs so you be, like that. It could be matchups, right? I mean, could it be based on a, yeah. maybe even an opponent or, yeah. It could be. I think they're going to want to be a little bit more secure or mm-hmm. stable in, you know, a, a consistent six once we get yeah. to the playoffs. But, you know, it could change series to series perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, for the most part, Cooper is looking at this as there are some older defensemen who are getting a little extra rest and there's some younger defensemen who are taking some time to observe and learn. Um, they all want to play. There's, you know, they might be willing to sit sure. because the coach told them to, but they're not like, okay, great. I want to sit back tonight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they, what they go with in the end, because they all bring something, whether it's in which special teams unit or how they approach, you know, this element of five on five there, there's no clear answer. And it'll be interesting among the forwards too. You know, you look at Martel has consistently sat, but he's been good when he's come in, you know, with injuries. But other than him, you know, other than injuries, it's the same thing that you're going to be rotating and you've got a few guys who they take in and out. They're young guys who they like, who they like having on the ice. So uh, it's a, you know, a good problem to have. But at some point they're going to want that consistent lineup and figure out how to get there. You know, I know they're they're well through the season now, so but they are still considered rookies in Matthew Joseph and and Eric uh, Cernak. I mean, is it is it still pretty surprising? I mean, these guys are so talented, but just the way they have integrated in with what is you know largely a veteran core right now, the way they've contributed. It is, and actually, you don't even we don't even realize always that uh, Sorelli is technically a rookie. He came in in March sure. last year, didn't play quite enough games. You know, these are guys you think of as established pieces of the lineup at this point. We kind of forget yeah. that they are actually rookies. Um, even Joseph and Chernak are in their respective rotations, but it's hard to look at them and see that Joseph is now playing uh, on both the power play and the penalty kill. And, you know, having an impact on, on both of those. Chernak is, it's hard not to be able to still be a little surprised, not so much in what Chernak is continuing to do, but just thinking of how he came up and it was supposed to be a couple of days. They told him to pack for a week when they told <laughs> him to meet them in Buffalo. Um, right. At that point, they didn't know how long Strawman would, would be out. And they said, hey, pack for a week and we'll see what you got. And now he has an apartment and is here for the long haul. You know, it's just crazy. You want to say, take talk about taking advantage of an opportunity, and I don't think there's a better example. Uh, 
you know, those are two guys who accelerated their timelines. Joseph wasn't expected to make it out of camp, and he did. And Chernak, you know, they thought they'd give him a look and didn't think he'd stay, but they have shown impressive maturity for who are still two young guys who, you know, really rose to the occasion and you expect your rookies to be where, you know, you maybe see some, some weak points and there just haven't really been many and it's been impressive. And it's kind of fun for me as somebody who came up through the minors, you know, I didn't cover either of these two guys in the minors, but they were in Syracuse. I was in Glens Falls. It's three hours down the highway between the two. And so it's really cool for me to see these guys who, went and did a good job in the minors and are now proving themselves ahead of ex- expectations in the uh, in the NHL here. I believe it was Chernak uh, when I was reading the story about the, the bye week. Was he the one going back to Syracuse to get the rest of his things? I'm not positive he's going back, but yeah, he was getting his stuff. Uh, he was making sure it was being either somebody shipping it for him or he's going right. back and getting it. I'm not entirely clear on the details, but yeah, he didn't right. get his stuff. I mean, Joseph's car was still in Syracuse until, I want to say a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> or no, it was, sorry, his car was in Montreal where he had left it when he came for training camp and never went back to Montreal to drive it to Syracuse. And his parents drove it down, uh, like, I want to say a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it's been, you know, Martel said he's got belongings all over the place. Um, <laughs> some in Lehigh Valley or in Allentown, excuse me, where Lehigh Valley plays. Some in Syracuse and here, you know, it's just uh, these are guys who didn't have any clear expectations. They didn't report to Tampa for the season. They reported to Tampa for a stay and then made it longer. So, uh, you know, it's strange to imagine just as a, you know, moving someplace without even having planned to move and then having to figure out how to get your stuff. But that's the life for these guys. And it's, uh, I can, I can relate to a little bit to, you know, I started jumping in the middle of a season, jumping in and I at least knew I was moving here. So I had an apartment that was all set. But just (laughs) as far as like, Hey, when do you find a dentist? Like, you know, they don't have a chance to do things like that when they're playing every other day and taking trips. And so, uh, this bye week for them is some of them is just a chance to like, okay, I live here for real now, and this is what my life looks like. Yeah, you definitely have a bond with those with those uh, the, the young players uh, coming up from the minors and staying here. Let me <clears throat> let me ask you just a couple more. Um, Andre Vasilevsky, you know, has 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 played. I thought as good as you could expect coming off the injury. Um, I guess the question now would be how how much do we expect uh, to see. Louis Domingue for the rest of the season, and will they, um, you know, how how they sort of navigate this 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 the second half, if you will? I know it's more than halfway um, between these two goaltenders, just to make sure that uh, Andre is you know is fresh and ready to go. I think we'll expect to see Domingue every week or two, uh, mm-hmm. roughly. They wanted to give Vasilevsky a big chunk of games to get back into his rhythm but also rest for him is important. We saw at the end of last year that maybe he had needed a little more rest down the stretch and didn't get it. And especially now that Domingue has demonstrated himself as reliable as he has, and he came in and played amazingly. So you know you can rely on Domingue to take some of those games off Vasilevsky. Uh, Cooper has said from the beginning before Vasilevsky got hurt that he believes it's important to 
get your backup in regularly so that he doesn't get stale. Um, so he likes to kind of plan ahead and look at these are the games when we think we're going to get uh, Deming in, you know, based on what the schedule looks like and where they need some rest for Vasilevsky. And he, you know, it's not a hard and fast plan, but he likes to kind of have it penciled in, so to speak, in advance. So I'm, I'm sure we will see Deming. Um, I'm sure they will give Vasilevsky some rest, but that it was important for them to get him back into a rhythm after being off for a whole month as he rehabbed sure that foot. Yeah, no, he definitely did that. And then finally, we're still a month away and, and, and you know, not knowing what injuries we'll, we'll do potentially or, or just otherwise. What, what moves would uh, might uh, Julian Brisebois consider uh, at the trade deadline, which is still... Like I said, it was what February twenty fifth. So you got you got some time there. That is a very good question. It's hard to to say because there are no glaring needs. They also don't have a ton of cap space to take on somebody else. True. Um, obviously, they would be giving something up in a trade, also. But mm-hmm. uh, Breezeball has said he's not in a position where he's looking for anything. He's just keeping his eye out for opportunities, any opportunity to make this team better and he'll jump on it, but there are no holes that need filling necessarily. Um, you know, you look at, they already have seven defensemen they like, so it doesn't seem like we need another defenseman. Uh, they have 14 forwards they like. You know, when you're already in a position of rotating those out, you don't really have a lot of uh, glaring need. I, don't, I think it kind of depends who becomes available is more than what the Lightning look at it look like right now in particular. Um, I got to believe that he would uh, make a move for a rental-type player if somebody became available who could contribute, but um, it's going to be more who comes on the market than what the Lightning are looking for, if that makes sense. It sure does, and certainly they can't have a better, much better start than what they are right now at 37-10-2. Uh, um, finally, you've got all of, what, two, two and a half days before you get to uh, pack up and head to San Jose for the All-Star game. So I saw Nick Kelly, who is our uh, intern, is headed back to Minnesota uh, do a, do a, you know, a segment on smelling salts. You ever tried those? Maybe that would, like, you know, freshen you up a little bit for the second half? I mean, what I've never actually cracked one of those capsules. I, I assume, just watching the reaction that Nick had, it must be illuminating, let's say. Yeah, um, we actually were going to have me do one, and between, we were going to do it pregame, figured that's the time to do it, and between sure. morning skate and pregame, we lost track of the actual uh, capsule, <laughs> oh, no. so it never happened, oh, no. but it I think it's safe to say that if I had done it, my video would not have been safe for print. Um, I uh, don't think my reaction would be as um, understated as Nick's was. Um, it was actually funny. He just asked Sam Coast, you know, what does it feel like? And Sam Coast says, well, let me grab you one. And as you read Nick's great. piece today, and it you know, has a great description of Sam Coast still in his hockey pants, just like, beelines off to get him one and as he comes back half the training staff comes with him to watch Nick do this (laughs) and I can't say I am really dying to try it 
Um, right. If we hadn't lost track of it, I would have tried it just kind of for solidarity with Nick. But I feel like if you put the intern through it, um, I should pony up and do it myself. But unfortunately, I lost track of it. and I'm not really searching down another one based off of how uh, how Nick handled it. But, you know, I guess that's a good storytelling right there that he could really share with the readers firsthand exactly what it feels like. Well, it was a strong veteran move by you and a good uh, job videotaping the whole thing that you can see on TampaBay.com. Diana Neros, uh, who covers the Lightning for the Tampa Bay Times. Diana, thanks so much. Enjoy your mini break. And, uh, of course, uh, enjoy the trip to San Jose for the All-Star Game. Thanks. Thank you very much. Always great talking to you. So we'll have to wait another week until the Lightning are back in action at Pittsburgh next Wednesday. Meanwhile, uh, today I'll be headed up to the Pro Bowl practice in Orlando with Eduardo Encina, my colleague, uh, to talk to some Pro Bowl players there. Uh, Mike Evans, of course, being the one representative from the Bucks. Maybe even chat with Colts quarterback Andrew Luck about the hiring of Bruce Arians for the Bucks as head coach. I'm sure there'll be lots of reaction to the NFC and the AFC Championship games uh, from over the weekend up there and talk more talk about replay and of course uh some of the overtime uh procedures hey just remember uh folks you have to go do this go up to uh kings bay and swim with the manatees call captain mikes they're the number one customized manatee tour company uh in crystal river in kings bay it's pure paradise up there book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or you can call 352-571-1888 my thanks again to diana neros For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.